Welcome back to another episode of Win Championship Repeat Boston Sports Podcast. And on this week's episode, we are going to be looking at the New England Patriots victory against the Indianapolis Colts. We'll be looking at that game and what is the upcoming game of the week for them, which they will be taking on the uh, New York Jets once again. So we are going to be looking at the Colts to start. Then we'll be looking at the Boston Celtics and how they've been doing. And then touch on some baseball um, afterwards. So let's get started with all of that. Um, So Patriots played against the Colts. This was a game that a lot of people didn't know what was going to come of it. We assumed that they were going to win. But Jonathan Taylor is Jonathan Taylor. Um, they did have Sam Etlinger at quarterback for the Colts, and so that's obviously not going to help them out because, you know, Matt Ryan didn't really do so good so far this season, and they ended up deciding to scrap him as the starter, and they were going to bring in a new guy, and the game itself was, um, wasn't that great if you are a fan of, um, the Colts. If you're a fan of the Patriots, it was a great game. 26-3 was the victory, uh, 147 yards, one touchdown. Uh, Patriots are now 5-4. Sam Etlinger, uh, 103, one interception, 15-29. Rushing yards, Sam Etlinger had the most rushing yards, um, 5-39. for Deion Jackson, 11-23. for Um, And Ramondre Stevenson led the Patriots 15-60 yards. J.J. Taylor had... uh, 10 carries for a total of 9 yards. Um, Receiving-wise, Hunter Henry, 4 with 50. Jacoby Myers, 5 for 42. Ronder Stevenson, 3 for 10. Um, And uh, Alex Pierce, 1 for 23. Michael Pittman, 3 for 22. And Paris Campbell, 2 for 15. Um, It was uh, not the most ideal game in all of... uh, football for the Colts, but it was a pretty solid game overall for the New England Patriots. The star of the show was their defense. Their defense played great. Um, The Patriots had one fumble, which Jacoby Myers lost, um, and uh, there was one Indianapolis fumble. Bobby O'Kerry received that one, so he snatched it up. Um, In terms of defensive side of things, we ended up seeing one sack from Juwan Bentley, Three sacks from Josh Uchi and Matthew Judon. A half sack from Javai, uh, J- Jelani Tavai. Half sack from Dietrich White J- Jr. One sack, Raekwon with Millen. Nine total sacks, which I think that might be the most this season for their team. Uh, for the Colts, we saw one for Quiddy Payne, one for DeForest Buckner, a half Zaire Franklin, one for Julian Blackman, and a half for Yannick Naguki. I'm uh, probably saying that wrong. So they had four total. Um... Interceptions, Jonathan Jones was the lone interception for 16 yards and one touchdown. Um, pick six. Um, kick returns, Marcus Jones, one for 32. Punt returns, three for 34. Indianapolis kick returns, Isaiah Rogers, two for 46. Kike Kotuke, four for 30. Um, Nick Folk was four for four on field goals and two two on extra points. And Chase McLaughlin was one two on field goals and no extra points. Um, Jake Bailey, seven. 271 yards for punting, and Matt Hack, 8 for 348. A lot of punting for the Indianapolis Colts. Um, It was not a good game, but 
It was great for the Patriots. Uh, they played the Jets, who beat Buffalo by three points, which was an interesting um, interesting uh, turn of events for a team in Buffalo that looked like they were the favorites going into it. And maybe they should have won, maybe they should have lost. I just don't know. But they looked um, pretty good in, uh, in that one and just couldn't get it done. Um, and uh, the Jets look... Uh, Jets looked good. Uh, they've been, uh, you know, playing great. And now it looks like the Patriots have a 55% chance of winning, according to um, according to the StatCasts. Patriots um, are coming into it um, with a few players out. Christian Barmore, Damian Harris, Sean Wade, Devontae Parker, Sam Roberts. And those are all um, out right now, but who knows if it'll change when the actual date comes around. New York Jets have Corey Davis, Bryce Hall, Zonovan Knight, Jeremy Rutker, and Sheldon Rankins out or questionable. So we will see what happens. Patriots are three and two in their last five, and the Jets um, are um, they are one, two, three, four, and one in their last five, and that's without this updated week's schedule. So the Patriots will be. Um, four and one in their last five and the Jets will stay four and one in their last five so Patriots are at home they beat the Jets the last game they should um hopefully beat them again and so yeah it was a uh, very very good game for um the Patriots and I think there's a lot coming in this next matchup against the uh Jets we'll see how they do um and uh what is the case they do have Robinson who is the new running back who joined their team via trade, and they have um, Zach Wilson and Garrett Wilson, who was the rookie this year. Um, so we'll see how this matchup goes. Uh, and it looks like the Patriots are favored. They don't have any um, like spreads on it, money line stuff like that yet, because it's still early. But in terms of just the just um, how it goes, uh, the Patriots are projected early projections to win. Let's go to the Boston Celtics, who are right now sitting in third place. They are tied with the Atlanta Hawks, 6-3 record. They are dealing with the Milwaukee Bucks, who are still undefeated, and the Cleveland Cavaliers, who have one loss to, the, to their name. Celtics have lost two games to Cleveland, and they will probably play another one or two at some point during the season. They ended up beating the Knicks. They ended up beating the Bulls in um, a lot better fashion against the Knicks. It was a closer game against the Bulls. They lost to the Cavaliers. They lost to the Bulls earlier in the season. And uh, they ended up um, having the Memphis Grizzlies the next game of um, next game. They ended up getting a 15-point victory over the New York Knicks. Uh, this was at New York. Um, and the box score showed um, Blake Griffin, who was taking that starting center spot in Al Horford's place, we saw 30 from Jalen Brown, 26 for Jason Tatum. Mark Smart had 13 and 11 uh, assists. We saw 17 off the bench for Sam Hauser. He had a good game. Malcolm Brogdon had 14. Grant Williams had 12. Noah Vonley had 7 and 7. Um, this was their team. 29 points for Julius Randle with almost a double-double. 10 points, 14 rebounds for Isaiah Hartenstein. We saw Brunson had 22, 27 for R.J. Barrett. Uh, we did not see... Uh, Mitchell Robinson play. Obi Toppin had seven and six rebounds off the bench, and Derrick Rose had ten. 
So uh, it was a great game for the Celtics, and it was a great uh, series of games for the Celtics. Um, Malcolm Brogdon has done so well as this sixth man for this team. He came in, accepted his role, and even with Robert Williams out and the team deciding to go with Derek White in the starting lineup, it was one of those things where you kind of had to look at the situation if you're you know, Malcolm Brogdon and you're saying, well, I'm kind of where I am, and I like that for now, um, and things seem to be going good, and I'm happy. I mean, Derek White hasn't produced numbers-wise. He only is averaging 8.3 points, 3.3 rebounds, and 2.8 assists, but he's also taken a step back from being a 16, 17-point-a-game score in San Antonio where you were kind of leaned on as that number one or two option, and now you're being thrust into a role where you're not going to be the number one or number two option because you got to figure that Brogdon, points-wise, Tatum, Brown, and maybe Marcus Smart, maybe Robert Williams, maybe Al Horford, like there are a lot of guys who might get more points than you. Obviously, if you can be one of the best defenders on the court and you can lock down and whoever you're guarding, keep them from scoring and you can facilitate and you can do all of that stuff, then it doesn't really matter if you score 8.3 points a game or 26.6 points a game or, you know, 10 points a game or 30 points a game. So if you have a role and you can kind of fit into that kind of seamlessly and just slide in and play your part, I think that's the best thing to happen, right? For championship caliber teams, every player has a place. And to win a championship, your players fit that place very nicely. Like it's puzzle pieces that just fit together. It's not, you know, a bunch of different, you know, puzzle pieces cobbled together to try and make something work. In order to get this picture, you know, each piece fits into a certain spot. So you can't do other stuff. And, you know, if you're a Derek White, you can't try to score 30 points a game if that's not your role. You know, if your role is to be a guy who facilitates, then you facilitate. If you're a guy who is a three-point shooter, then you're a three-point shooter. If you're a rebounder, you rebound. And championship rosters have their own sort of role in this. And one of the biggest issues that I think will come up with Boston, and this is my own opinion, is just the fact that their size is not there. Now, obviously, when Robert Williams comes back and there is Al Horford, then you're going to have a situation in which you might have to consider Al Horford coming off the bench or Derek White coming off the bench. Because um, I think Robert Williams will eventually get those starting minutes back. So if your plan in this is to have those two guys as your starters, Robert Williams and um, also Al Horford, then you have on the bench Noah Vonley, Grant Williams, and Blake Griffin as your sort of backup power forward center guys. And then you have Derek White off the bench with Malcolm Brogdon. And then Sam Hauser's there. That um, doesn't really leave a lot of room for Peyton Pritchard, which leads me to believe that his future in Boston is not going to be bright, whether it's him leaving because he doesn't want to be there, or it is, um, you know, something else um, entirely where they trade him just out of the franchise. It's one of those things where I feel like he's losing his role with this team, and he hasn't really done enough to kind of take that. Right, This season, he is averaging 2.3 points, 0.3 rebounds, 1.3 assists. Um, 
and uh, he hasn't really been playing that much at all. His last several games or so he's played um, was Washington on 10:30. He scored one point, two assists. Monday, 10:24 against Chicago, three points, two assists, one rebound, and against Orlando, 10:22. Three points and no rebounds, no assists. So, yeah, it wasn't uh, good numbers for him. And unfortunately, I think the end of the road is near for him in Boston. Just because I just don't see how they could even consider keeping him around if he's not really playing. And um, I think there's other needs for this team. I think there's other needs on the uh, on the roster. Uh and uh, potentially getting in another wing might make um, some sense. And uh, I think that's something they could at least uh, consider. Um, I was reading an article that looked at Sam Hauser. And it looked at how he fits into the Boston Celtics sort of uh, core of players. Um, and the Celtics last night when they were playing uh, against New York hit franchise record 27 made three-pointers um, and Sam Hauser was 5 of 8 from three-point range this was very important um, because they've never really had someone who has stepped up as a uh, three-point shooter with that caliber like a lot of our three-point shooters Tatum Brown they're not really I'd say consistent and we can't really find guys who are consistently three-point shooters like C.J. McCollum, like Damian Lillard, like Steph Curry, um, you know, Clay Thompson, like so many great three-point shooters in this league. Um, Sam Hauser has been trying to step up, and now he is, um, you know, fitting in that role, three-point shooting role. Um, you know, he's a perfect fit, um, and... Celtics now lead the NBA after Sunday with 16 threes per game. Um, so Hauser is stepping into his role, just like I said with Malcolm Brogdon, Derek White. He is going to be our three-point bench score. He's going to be the guy that comes into the game when you need someone to step up and try and make three-pointers. And he is going to hopefully fill that role um, very nicely. I think he is someone who kind of has been slept on throughout a uh, majority of his NBA career. And I think now he's finally getting his minutes, especially with Gallinari injured. And so, um, honestly, you know, do we really need to uh, upgrade um, anywhere at this point? Maybe. You know, getting rid of Peyton Pritchard for another wing won't hurt, but Sam Hauser has stepped up into this role very nicely and um, you know the Boston Celtics have had a flurry of guys at the sort of uh, three-point wing um, or at least they were trying to get these players to be um, three-point wings from James Young, Abdel Nader, Matt Struess, Aaron Nesmith, Romeo Langford but now Sam Hauser has filled that role and he's been great and this team looks great. And it's one of those things where, obviously, we don't have, um, you know, size. And that's going to be a problem. But if he can go out there and he can get it done shooting, at least off the bench, then um, I think that's something that we need to uh, address. So um, I'm happy to see that Sam Hauser is filling his role. 
and the Celtics look good so far. Um, obviously, Joe Mazzulla as a new head coach is kind of still figuring things out, but he is someone who uh, I think uh, will definitely uh, keep improving, especially with his team. I was watching the game last night, and I noticed that he chews a lot of gum, and they were talking about it on the uh, the game, uh, the announcers, how he has uh, two pieces of gum, one in the first half, one in the second half, and he's been always chewing gum as a head coach, but nobody has um, noticed it because he's been an assistant coach prior to this. So my question is, how can you chew a piece of gum for two quarters of basketball, 12 minutes each, and it's by this point at the end of this, the half, like there's no flavor, like switch it out. Like, have one piece the first quarter, a piece the second quarter. Just switch it out so you can get more flavor. You know, if this is his nervous tick, which is just chewing gum, like, switch out the pieces, man. Like, I don't know um, how this could be um, happening when you should just keep switching the gum when it loses its flavor or just, you know, every quarter switch it. I mean, if you're an NBA coach, like, you got money, you can get... Uh, a lot of gum. Maybe you can get a sponsorship if you want it. But the Celtics look good, and so far this season, they're uh, playing very well despite losing two to the Cavaliers. They're overall pretty solid.